The Borough Mag podcast tells the stories of the players, managers and moments that defined Middlesbrough Football Club. Listen to the triumphs, turbulence, heartbreak and joy of being a fan as we look back at the history of the Borough. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Borough Mag podcast. We've had a well-earned break, a bit like the Borough players. But now we're back, ready to talk about the stories of the club's past. I'm really pleased to be joined again by Stu Roberts. Hi Stu, how are we doing? Not too bad. Very well, thank you. Great stuff. So we're focusing on kits for this podcast episode this week and I thought Stu would be a great person to have on because he's the uh, the fountain of, of Borough shirt knowledge so we can really delve into some football kits. So what we're going to focus on is we're going to focus on the area years of, of Borough's shirts, basically. Talk a little bit about how they came to be, how they developed in terms of design, the materials, sort of memories we've got of them on the pitch. And then we can move on into thinking of our own top five area shirts. So, Stu, if you want to set us a bit of context, really, on how it came to be that we had area as a, a kit manufacturer. Yeah, just in brief, um, during the, the end of the Premier League season in 92-93 um, Admiral went bust um, it's a long story so we'll cut it short Borough bought all of the spare material and continued to manufacture the Admiral kit for the 93-94 season as a known brand but with Admiral badged and towards the beginning of 94 um, they sourced a new supplier whose kit they liked they liked um, was it Palmer's kit at the time. It had a pattern in it, so they, they invited this Italian manufacturer called Area over to um, have a chat, and they visited Italy. And in around April time, they announced that they were going to have a partnership with uh, with Area. So that's how that started with uh, Graham Fordy. And uh, we did get a little tidbit towards the end of the 93-94 season that something very different was going to happen with the away shirt, but they did they didn't reveal all and then obviously we know where we go from there into the Robson era don't we Rob? Yeah that's right so the, those Admiral kits I mean they're absolutely brilliant kits aren't they but it, it's interesting with Borough and their shirt history it's quite a checkered past and I know that um, Anthony Vickers has got a book coming out a kit book um, as part of his role as a writer for the club now and he's looking at the history of all the shirts and how it's happened there's so many variations before that time and even if you don't know lots about the shirts, if you do look at those Admiral shirts from the 92-93 Prem season into 93-94, you can see the materials are slightly different and that they've got various literal differences in the actual kit manufacture. But partnering up with a, a, a different sports brand from outside the country, it was actually Area's first um, time in the UK, wasn't it, in any of the sports market? And they were yeah. providing everything for us. So kits, tracksuits, bags, bench coats, the whole lot. And if ever you see... People sharing on Twitter 
the catalogues from those area days. There's some absolute beauties in there in terms of the stuff that they were making for us. And there's some great sharing that goes on. I know on, on Twitter and on Facebook through all the various accounts that are there that have got some brilliant area things in there too. So as Stu was saying, we start in 94 when Brian Robson arrives. And quite interestingly, his famous player manager picture where he's a manager on the top and player on the bottom. He's actually wearing Admiral as well, isn't he? Which I always found quite funny later <laughs> on. Obviously, when you're younger, you're not... I didn't, you don't really pay much attention, but he's, he's decked out, isn't he, in Admiral shorts and Admiral socks. But we eventually get a new home shirt. What did you make of it, Stu, as a Borough fan? You'd been, went from the podcast before, you'd been going since sort of the late 80s, hadn't you? So you've seen a couple of di different manufacturers. What did you think of that first home shirt when it came out? Lovely red shirt with the transporter and the Borough badge all um, patterned through the material, nice collar with Borough on it. What was your, what was your first impression as a, as a youngster? As a youngster, it was, it, we thought, I mean, I was nearly 15 at the time, so it was brilliant. It was it, it was a great pattern. It was a great design. Bit of a, an, a controversial blue in there, but, and then the away shirt just got everybody's imagination on an even in 94. Um, so it, it was the pattern. It was just the, it, but it coincided with, with what was to come for that season, the excitement of the season. Um, so sometimes kit launches and things like that can can bring along good times with what's happening at the club, and it certainly started that, didn't it, Rob? But yeah, we played all the pre-season in 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 ICI shirts. Yeah, that was quite, weird. Yeah, it's quite the funny. Very that. first game we played, the very yeah. first game we played was a, a testimonial, a testimonial, or a friendly game against Hearts at Ayrson Park, and everyone got a chance to see the new the new shirts, but. It was it was it was the dawn of a new era, and the dawn of a new pattern, and everyone loved that pattern so much that they took it into the following year. Yeah, it's great actually, isn't it? Because we don't get a lot of consistency with shirts now, um, in terms of they're always changing all the time, aren't they? And I think what was quite interesting was you just hinted on it there in terms of the pattern. The pattern was something that we hadn't probably seen in Borough shirts up to that point, in terms of having the the, the badge and the transport because uh, Admiral obviously had their own manufacturer's logo, didn't they, through the shirts, but it wasn't actually about the club. It, that was more about the manufacturing. Umbro did this quite a bit, didn't they? They had the Umbro in the 91 to 93 shirts, the Umbro logo with the team name, but this was brilliant. And I remember my first ever Borough shirt actually was the away shirt. I got it in 95 in the sales for like a fiver or something from the club shop. And that was kind of when I started to support and follow the club yeah. like properly. I'd seen them before, but properly. And it was such a different shirt that, again, at the time as a youngster, I didn't realise that we'd never had that sort of colour before. But it certainly did make us stand out. And I think one of the things I enjoyed about the home kit in particular was I thought it was a great full kit. The shorts sort of carried on that, the pattern with the red and the blue. And they had the little dashes, didn't they, around the patterns on the shorts. But it is interesting in terms of memories I think if Robson had arrived, we'd have worn those two shirts and finished 12th in the first division. We probably wouldn't look back on them as fondly, but I immediately think of Robson in that kit, John Hendry against Burnley in the first game of the season in the sunshine, twisting and turning past the keeper and scoring a couple of goals. I remember Uwe Fuchs in the away kit especially, and Jan Fjord after Barnsley getting absolutely drenched in a long sleeve version. Mm -hmm. yeah. But those memories haven't yet built into sort of those shirts, really. And, and, and like you say, they are all built into them to them kits. Um, there's the night at Barnsley where they all wore trainers as well. And some games where the opposition wore our away shorts in that season as well yeah. at home. So 
there's all sorts of weird and wonderful things that went on that year. Um, but it, it moved nicely on, didn't it, from that promotion season into into the Selner era, really. Yeah. Um, with the same pattern. Um, I know I'm moving us on here, but it's it's it was just brilliant because we, we had that whole excitement of promotion and excitement of a new stadium. The the coincide with the such a massive change, don't they, with the club? Yeah, definitely. And what I what was what is quite interesting about this period of time, and I think I can't remember if somebody mentioned this on Twitter actually, it might have been someone who was connected with the club at the past, but we were one of the first teams to go down the route of changing home and away kits every season. And that was one of the big things. I think we did more than other teams. Some teams at that point were doing two-year home shirts and two-year away shirts, but they changed in alternate years, didn't they? So I remember Man United had uh, they had a blue away shirt in 92, 93, but then the black one came in from 93 to 95, but they changed the home shirt in 94. So every year you got a new kit, but it was one or the other. Personally, I do think we should go back to those days of alternate changes, but that's another another podcast entirely. But it was great yeah. to had a new kit for the Riverside, I think, because it, it meant that was the last Ayrson Park kit. We got promoted it. We won the league. That memory's always there. Now we've got a new sponsor, we got a new kit and we got a new stadium. And we just signed Nick Barnby, who was, let's be honest, he was kind of, I, I almost compared him to someone like Phil Foden there, but he wasn't like maybe that elite tier. But he was certainly like a club buying an elite player from a really, really good club, wasn't it? And that really yeah. sort of signaled the change for Borough, didn't it? It certainly did. And that certainly wouldn't happen for any club getting promoted these days. Uh, the, the, the nearest you can get to it is a homegrown player sticking with his club like Grealish given, given Villa another year Yeah, in the current market or Kane staying at Tottenham until he gets old enough to, to go and see him. But, but yeah, the, moving on into 95, 96 and at the Riverside, it's such an exciting time, like you say. Um, we actually took our green shirt over, didn't we, with us? Um, and it's one of the most rarest shirts you can yeah. buy from as a for a Borough fan. Um we never played in it, other than a Gang Closed Doors friendly at Essen Park before it was demolished. But that's the one that every collector really wants. And that's the one that fetches all the money. But um, regarding the blue and black, it's, it's also my favourite relation that one. And uh, they had the pattern in as well, but the shorts went with it as well. They were like two-tone and we had striped socks with them. And yeah. it, it, the, the contrast with the kits for the first few years was was brilliant because um, they matched... And, I think you can probably get to about the year 2000 before that started to diminish a little bit, but we'll get back on that in a minute. Um, Janino obviously came during that first season, didn't he? The big man, the little man arrived and um, it just went bonkers. Seeing Janino in in one of those baggy red Selnet shirts, because I actually really like that home, the first home shirt uh, that we had at the Riverside or the Selnet as it was at the time. It It was really classic. And it had the, the pattern within the shorts, which they tried to replicate there recently with Hummel, the nice collar. And obviously, Janine, yeah. with him signing and wearing those big baggy 90s shirts, it was just perfect, wasn't it? But that blue away shirt, and we'll talk about it at the end of the podcast when we do our top five um, Borough shirts, but that black and blue away shirt, that's like, for me, that's almost like a defining moment for me as a Borough fan. We were on holiday and we were playing Arsenal on my birthday and I was 10. And I'll never forget that game. It was the first game of the season. We were on Sky Sports. We were away from home. Sun beaming down. They just signed Dennis Bergkamp for like 7.5 million. So let's just this is a little bit of transfer context. Arsenal just signed Bergkamp for 7.5 million. And we signed Barnby for like 
what was it, four, five million or five, two, five million or something like that. We we were competing with teams like that in terms of transfer fees, and then we scored first. And you just think, what is what is what is going on here? And we've got this unbelievable kit. Now that kit is is unbelievable at every step. The shirt, the shorts, socks, absolutely brilliant. And that first three months, four months of that season, if we could have carried on like that. Who, who knows what would have happened to the club? Because we probably would have become a, another Tottenham. Uh, people might think that's a well, little... Well, it's like I said, it was Riverside roller coaster at the time, yeah. wasn't it? The, yeah, all of the memorabilia and all of the stuff in the club shop was about a roller coaster that we were going to be on for the next few years. And they weren't really, they weren't really wrong, were they? Even in the middle of it. No, it was mad. I mean, Robson's got all those great words. He's got the Robson Revolution. It was the Robson Roller Coaster, whatever you want to call it. It was just crazy. And then when you when you get to 96, 97, even if we talk, sat here and talked about the players and memorable games and all that sort of stuff, you could, you could talk about that for hours. But just looking at those two, just the, the player shirts, not the goalkeeper shirts, because we'll come on to goalkeeper shirts because they were just mad. But the player shirts... Imagine if they were released on Twitter now, Stu. Imagine on, on, you know, some June afternoon, we're all sat there, aren't we, when the, the shirts are going to get released, trying to get the leaks and the teasers and all that sort of stuff. Imagine there was Twitter now when we released those two shirts with Borough in massive letters on the shirt and the shorts and that kind of crossed blue and white away shirt. Do you reckon it'd get any likes or would all the, uh, all the negative folk would be out slagging them off, wouldn't they? I actually think that one would go down... Well, throughout the whole community, not just with Borough fans. Which one, the home so one? Do that, especially the home one. Home. Especially the home one. Yeah. Um, obviously, the club got in trouble for placing a badge against uh, Premier League regulations on the sleeve. Yeah. They'd already produced 20-odd thousand shirts, so yeah. let them continue it for the season. Um, no club, other club in the Premier League, as long as I know, have had anything other than either the brand logo or the Premier League patch or sponsors in recent years on the sleeves. Mm. Now, Borough had, had history with this. They did it in 83, 84 as well. Um, put the badges on the sleeve, but no one was really interested then. But in Premier League era, um, you're not allowed to do that. No. Um, but it's what made a great shirt. And it's the reason why when we got to those cup finals, that the club had to put the club badge on the front of the shirt. That's a little bit of uh, quiz knowledge for people out there that, that don't know. The reason the badge got put on the front of the shirt for the cup finals because... That was a rule that needed to be for the cup final. What's quite interesting, I could be absolutely making this up off the top of my head, but I don't think I am. I think that one of the reasons why Area did it was partially because successful clubs in Italy, when they won competitions, they replaced the club badge or they would have the club badge in a different position. So a lot of Juventus and AC Milan shirts, like 94 to 98, 99 sort of thing, They'd have the Scudetto patch or Copper Italia patch or, or whatever it was. And then they used to put the badge on the arm, didn't they? And often used to get them yeah. yourself to sort. So obviously they've, areas kind of thought, you know, let's put it on there. Because that's that was just a dumb thing in Italy. If you won the Scudetto and you got the shield to put on your shirt, you moved your badge to your, to your arm. And obviously with area being an Italian uh, manufacturer, area, if you're listening out there, I'm sure you might be. Tell us, let us know. I'll even yeah. you in the tweet with the pod and you can tell us if that was the reason why. But yeah, completely crazy shirts. And we're just going to pause for a second on player shirts and just talk a little bit about these 94 to 97 goalkeeper shirts. Now, yeah. I've got one of the goalkeeper shirts from 94. Shout out to Chris for that one. I've got the yellow one. 
right? And it's got like the patch on the front, which has got the little bobbles on, which is supposed to kind of give the keepers more grip when they've got the ball. The other one was a, a grey one, which were quite standard, weren't they, Stu, really? For, for, for yes. Cars. But when, when we got into 95, I'm not quite sure what happened in the area design officers, but it went mad, didn't it? It went absolutely crazy in that 95 for them goalkeepers. Yes. We had a plain one for the first season in Riverside and a, another one um, that we never actually, was never available. It was like a turquoise colour. Yeah. But it was it was one everybody wanted, but then area never released it. Yeah. The keeper wore either black, Miller or Walsh wore black all season, not this turquoise colour. And it's at least the turquoise one at the time. That would have been a much better seller, as was proved in 96, 97, when they released the uh, jazzy um, yellow and dark blue mm. design um, that was used throughout the season again with a black alternative. but uh, And some snazzy shorts as well. Mm. I remember the snazzy shorts that went with them. But um, I remember my picture in my mind of that of that Coley shirt is Ben Roberts at the cup final, not serving the... Uh, but he wore black, so it can't be. I've got that wrong. Yeah, Must no, be the semi when he yeah. gives the penalty away. The semi when he gives the penalty away. He has yeah. it on against Chesterfield. Yeah. So yeah, Coley shirts were just off the off the rack and off the. They just went a bit mad in the following seasons as well, didn't they? We had that grey one as well, didn't we? Through those seasons that had like the, it looked like an explosion on the front of the shirt, didn't it? And had like the orange little explosion on the shorts as well. That was worn as well, wasn't it? That that was ninety five, ninety six, I think, wasn't it? Oh, that was ninety five, ninety six. Yeah, it, it, that was a like a mashed up version of the Adidas Predator version. That, yeah, yeah. That, if you get. Um, in my opinion, that one. So they have missed that one altogether, but that's a highly sought after one, that 95 one. Um, amongst collectors, if you collect the goalie shirts. One of the things. But yeah, I that was the first metric one. Yeah, yeah. I love about the 96 97 one. It is basically a rip off of the Adidas Predator template that Newcastle and like uh, Liverpool had, where, and the Rangers, where it's got like the three Adidas stripes coming in the Predator style across the chest, whereas area yeah. had the area badges sort of coming across. But I had that. I remember getting that as a. As a kid, that keeper shirt, and if anyone collects keeper shirts out there, the best thing about the nineties ones are is the just the massive pads. It's literally like if you've got any kids and you buy like a Hulk suit for them, and they've got like the massive pads that make them look like the Hulk. Yeah. This is what the keeper kits used to do. But your arms, like it was basically your wrist to your elbow, you just had a huge like little set of square pads. But the shorts were huge as well because they had enormous pads within them. I had the full kit as well actually. That was in my goalkeeper phase. But it was just, it was a mad kit. And then Schwarzer used to wear that one quite a bit. He had obviously wore the black one quite a bit. But there are a few anomalies in there as well, isn't there, Stu? There's a, a Roosh or Roish or however you say that goalkeeper brand. Yeah. One of them that Walsh wore, isn't there? Yeah, during 95, 96, there was a supply issue, really, because we went through that many keepers. Um, we started the season with Miller, then went to, I think we played five keepers that season. It was Miller's, Miller, Walsh, Roberts, um, Schwarzer, so four. Um, but yeah, there was a there was a problem when it maybe through the season they didn't have enough kit for the keepers, and they used the catalog version that they used without the sponsor on for Schwarzer's first game. And Walsh didn't have a kit made, and he had to have two uh, two Rouge kits of his own with the marker pen over the Rouge logo, and uh, and the the wrote the wrote the sponsor name in the uh, font that they used the previous season on the back of the shirts. So, yeah, if you look at the Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday home game in 1995-96, you'll see Gary Walsh wearing a shirt. You'd probably think, well, that's a bit strange. Crazy, isn't it? 
And it was it was the same with all the number and the lettering, wasn't it? How they were all different. There's, I mean, again, that's another podcast to talk about name sets. But basically, after all the heartbreak of 96, 97, sorry, yeah, 96, 97, I'd argue 97, 98 from, the, from a home shirt point of view was actually quite a traditional effort for Maria, wasn't it? Where we had the white band back. It did have a little bit of blue trim that they'd kind of been keen on introducing as a third colour with the club, didn't they? But they had the white band on, but they still couldn't get away from putting Borough in massive letters on the back of the shirt, which I, I actually think is quite a good, nice touch, actually. But then the away shirt, Stu, is it's the blue and white, which we'd had previously. So we'd had like uh, heritage yeah. shirts that are blue and white. What, what, what did you make of that one? Because I'd seen that it's not everybody's favourite, but it was kind of one that I was. No. It's, it's all right, but it's not one of my favourites at all. It, it's, it's like a funnel, really, on the front, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a Marmite one, that one. A Marmite yeah. one for me. Yeah, it probably is, isn't it? Um, but, I mean, have, have you just seen the design that went round that Dave Allen had um, that yeah. could have been the home shirt in that uh, in that style? So this is the time when we start to see samples coming out. But the home shirt, I think, was the first time we'd had the band back since 80, 86, 87. It was. It was the first time we'd had a band on the front of our shirt since... There's that incredible promotion in 86, 87. So everyone's synonymous with a band these days, but we've gone nearly 10 years without a band there. Well, just about 10 years. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we are... And that eventually brought that band back and then we didn't have that band. And then it's been gradually introduced more and more since. Yeah, it's interesting. I always think that we are a club that's had a band on shirts, but we're a club that's had a shirt without a band for longer than we've had a band. So... Yes, I think it's it's you know I, I don't mind either really, but so we get promoted from that one couple of well we have some great players. Yeah. One thing I would say for people is when we were talking a little bit earlier about preseason games and using different kits and stuff like that. If you ever look at Paul Merson in the preseason of nineteen ninety seven, some absolutely great pictures of him. I think there's a picture of him in the ninety five ninety six away kit, which I assume was like leftover stock yeah. probably for the players. He's in the 96, 97 yeah. home shirt, but maybe with a different pair of shorts. And I think there's another one of him yeah. in the 96, 97 away shirt as well. So Merson's is, got yeah. proper range before he actually got into 97, 98. Is Merson's interesting actually because he's probably a player who's worn the most borough kits from different seasons while only being registered as a player for about 12 months because he wore some from 95, 96, 96, 97. 97, 98, and he wore some of the 98, 99 as well, didn't he? So he had a right old... He did, right yeah. old <laughs> It's a good little stat, that. Good little, it's a good one. Worn quite a few. Now, um, I'm going to be a little... Maybe not controversial at all. Could be controversial, not sure. But that 98, 99 shirt, the home shirt, is absolutely rubbish. Oh, so on the worst... Where do you start? Where, oh. where, where do you start with it? First, the design... Is awful. Yes. Definitely, the material is awful. Yeah. Bobbles. It's. It, it, I mean, it's, it's very difficult to find a good example as a as a replica for your collection. Mm. And the, the, go, similar going with the away as well, but it hides the bobbling better because of the lighter colours. Yes. Um. Yeah. But ah, just truly off. The shorts were awful. Everything about these shirts were awful. Yeah. Totally agree. Uh, I mean, you, can't, you can't even give them a. A one star, really, not at all, and they were massive. Yeah, you had to go a size down in these ones. Yeah, didn't didn't look good on the players. Didn't look good on the um, on the fan. 
I I wasn't a massive fan of the the blue and white away kit actually at the time. I remember thinking that it was a bit it was a bit boring. I think retrospectively, I I, I like it a little bit more now, but a bit forgettable for me. So. 98-99, we're just going to leave to fester in a big park. Yeah. Our team was a pretty decent mid-table team, actually. We went away from super-duper stars, and we got people who wanted to play for the Borough, who wanted to be team yeah. players. I think we made Ricard a star in that team, and I think he really carried that team. But we had some good supplementary players around, like Brian Dean. We had Townsend, Musto, Gaza. Phil Stamp was get, getting a bit stronger with that. Um, we just signed Colin Cooper back again, hadn't we? And I think... So again, yeah. that was another good one for for. Palace came in back that season yeah. as well. Palace came, and then obviously United won the treble that year as he got replaced by Yapstam, which I always feel is a bit um, bit harsh on Palace, but he was he was still a good player when he was playing for us. Right, ninety nine two. This is where we start getting into. We haven't thought of a name for this, but you can maybe call it areas errors because there's a few dodgy shirts knocking about in this next little segment sort of ninety nine. To about 2003, I reckon we start getting a bit on dodgy ground with Area. But Area, don't listen to this bit where we start saying most of the shirts aren't very good. But 99, 2000 is where we bring Christian Zieger in, Stu. What did you make of A, Christian Zieger coming in, and B, some of the shirts we had at that time? Well, this year was Zieger was quality all season, wasn't he? Uh, That's the star of the season, without a doubt. Home shirt. Well, this was this was the year that Area brought their um, their logo. They changed their logo to a straight logo with their full name, and the same size as the logo. So that was a major change. We carried the awful shorts from the season before and tried to use the colour scheme from ninety four, ninety five on the on on the home shirt, which just didn't work very well, in my opinion. Um, they didn't line up. It was very symmetrical, um, and. It was awful to wear. I mean, it stuck. If you put one of these shirts on now, it, it sticks to you, and the static that comes off it. You you've gone from the previous year having to get a size down to the 2000 having to get two sizes bigger because it was that or that tighter cut. The away shirt, on the other hand, you can forgive every single one of them comments and um, say that it's probably one of the classic area away shirts in the purple and the white. So that's my opinion on it. Yeah, it is a quite interesting one because I, I never really liked the white and purple away, you know. It was never really one that I thought, I didn't really, it didn't really, do you know what What I would actually say about this season is it didn't feel very Borough. That's what no, I would say. Although, you know, you could argue 96, 97 doesn't feel like Borough and whatever else, but this really did feel like a departure because the white and blue piping down the sides of the, the cut of the shirt and the sleeves wasn't where, where that came from, I don't know. If it was white, maybe maybe like we've had in other other shirts, fine. The white and purple, not really sure where it came from, but the design of the white and purple then stands out even more the following season, doesn't it? Because basically, yeah. yeah, you could argue it's a bit lazy. You could argue that, but actually, when you look at the home shirt from two thousand two thousand one, especially with Boxage wearing it as well, Caramber, Paul Ince, and the like. That is a for me. That is a very very good band designed home shirt because it's a little bit different. It's not just a solid band. It's got the little gap in the middle. The cell net just cuts across it. You've got the badge in the band, which again I think is a great touch because didn't we have that in the seventies at one point where we had the a lion in the middle of the band, didn't we? I think I'm making that up. We did yes. Yeah. So we had that in the middle. So I thought that was a really good home shirt. 
And I actually think the away shirt's pretty good as well because they went down the sort of, it's like a central column, isn't it, with sort of different white and red colours. And what did you think of those ones, Stu? Because it was a bit of a dodgy season, really, wasn't it? Was um, we um, well, the biggest benefit from taking I, I like the one from the the white and blue one from the previous year, and it's grown on me ever since. Um, but taking it forward was a masterstroke because that was probably one of the but changing the material that year was probably a masterstroke as well. It was a really nice, breathable summer style shirt, which I can imagine it would have been no good for the winter at all. But I agree that it worked much better in red, white, and the blue trim. Than it ever did in the white and the purple. Um, and the away shirt, yeah, it was different, wasn't it? We were in black with um, a pattern going down the middle and down the sides. It, again, not really a great team other than Boxage, but we were we were steady. It was a tough season. And yeah, that one is a highly sought after collectible item as well nowadays. And it was a solid, solid set of kits that year. Yeah, I, I agree think, with you, Rob. Yeah, I think it was a solid set set of kits as well and I think you can talk about kits being only attached to memories and I, I know the black away kit I, my memories I was at Valley Parade when um when we got the points to basically keep us up when Caramber scored and it went absolutely mad but I, and I have got a good memory of that um that away kit really but I think this is these are a set of kits these two particularly the home and away from 2001 that actually don't follow that rule of your kit is better if your season was better because we didn't have 100%. a season here. Do you know what I mean? Robson was on his way out. Venables comes in. We thought we were going to do okay at the start. We had a good couple of early wins. But I think these kits show that if you actually make a good kit, it might deviate a little bit from what you normally have, but you can still yes. have a really memorable kit, even if the season is bad for me. That, that, that's kind of the line I think I draw this one. And obviously, yeah. we move into the following season and we get... Steve McLaren. So another link from Manchester United. Steve McLaren arrives. Yeah. And this, I mean, the, the first yeah. two years that we have of McLaren, from a home shirt point of view, is pretty bland, isn't it, really? Let's be honest. Oh, pretty boring. And, and yeah, it's just the most boring set of home shirts in that area period, really. And I think for that two years, the only shirt I would actually talk about is the blue and black away shirt when we won at United with Boxage scoring the winner. I was there for that one as well when we had Carboni because it harked back to the classic blue and black, didn't it? The blue and black into kit that we like. And I think the area on the sleeve would be great. And if ever if area were ever to come back for us, I think... Put it on the sleeve. Put it on the sleeve, get it on there. Those Kappa Barcelona shirts look great from the 90s where they've got the, the logo all the way down the, the sleeves. I, I'd love that for a Borough kit. If we got that for an away kit, maybe not the home one, maybe, but for the away one, I think that'd look really good. So we're going to skip past that because, I mean, nothing that memorable happened, happened in those. I remember getting the 2002-03 home shirt and I wore that through quite a lot of uni the following year and it was... It, do you know what? It was yeah. a hard-wearing shirt, to be fair, but that was because there was nothing to it. It was just a piece of material with a Borough badge on and a sponsor, but... When we get into the, the next bit, which I would say is kind of the glory years for McLaren, aren't they? 2003 to 2006. This is like Robson's yeah. 94 to 97, isn't it? This is McLaren. He's settled in. He's got his players he wanted. We're starting to get a, a higher calibre of players. But that Carlin Cup winning season, 03, 04, what was your... We, we had another quite random away kick colour. So start with that, Stu. What did you... 
What do you think well, of that all three or four away shirt, Stu? Be really honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my favourite at all. Um, it's divisive again. Um, well, it's Marmite colours as well, isn't it, pretty much? But uh, no, it's... It's got good memories if some a good away game at Arsenal, but it's, it, it doesn't look very borough to me. And I, don't, I just don't like it. It's just not my bag. Not my bag. So this will, uh, disagree one. with me. This is a classic one, Sean. I know there'll be people out there who disagree with you straight away as soon as they heard you say it. But this is another one for me where that memory of the Arsenal game, I was at uni and I was watching it with a lot of Arsenal fans and couldn't believe it when Janino scored. But that this is a kit where it's got the memories, but the kit is terrible. I agree with you. So it's all of those things again where you've got I've got a brilliant memory of that, and I'll always think of like Danny Mills, Macaroni, uh, Janino, all those players that were sort of around the club and in the club at that time. But I can't get on board with that shirt. No. Nah. And even the home shirt from that year was like yeah. a the home one like a copy of the yeah. Carbon copy of the previous seasons, but in a much better material. Yeah. Now, I the home shirt for me, that's what, when we were talking about 99-2000, that's what they should have done in 99-2000 without the blue. So gone for like a pin stripe, if you like, down the shirt and on the sleeves. Yeah. Would have looked better. So getting better, I would say, area, you're getting better with this one. But I think the following, totally. following two seasons, so we're fully back in with the band now for these two seasons, and the one after um, 06 or 07 as well. What did yeah, you think? Of those yeah, what did you think of these ones from 04 or 05, Stuart, with the nice... Well, o- o- 04 or 05 is arguably the best the best one that Area did for us. It was it was a heart back to retro. Hmm. It was um, it was a great season. But everything with, for this kit, um, it was just... It, I, I just think it was perfect for us. But it was, it was chosen by the fans, wasn't it? This mm. one. So, yeah, the, the sponsor was probably one of the early days of the gambling sponsors in. Um, but it was all stitched on. It was all quality made. I mean, these ones you'll see Bora fans wearing for 40, 50 years because they're just they're just perfect. They don't, they don't bobble. They don't go off. They, they just last forever. Yeah, but I agree. The team we had, I mean, the goals, obviously that Hasselbank goal from the free kick at Man City, but so many memories. Zenden against Lazio, um, European nights. It just goes with it. The away one, on the other hand, could be anybody's away shirt with a badge stuck on. It could. It really could, couldn't it? And I mean, my memory of that away shirt is the Arsenal 5-3. When we went 3-1... That's oh, Yeah, that was that one. Yeah, that was right. I'm right. So when we went... Oh, yeah, you're right, yeah. When we went 3-1 up in that game, right, I thought, on that game alone, we are a really, really top, top team. Like, top six good. We were absolutely brilliant. Hasselbank and Job up front. Quadraw on the left back, who was... who quite Frank Quadraw's better than George Friend, for all the George Friend fans out there. He's like George Friend, but French and better. Um, his goal was just yeah. brilliant out of nowhere. The, the team we had, I remember just thinking, this is what Robson wanted like eight, nine years before. This is what he thought he was doing in 96, 97, didn't he? He thought, I'll have a really solid group yeah, of like, yeah. good pros, sprinkling of foreign players who've got the skill, the guile, the vision. You have to remember, the start of this season, McLaren's got rid of Janino. 
He has, and that was controversial yeah. as well. And we were all like, what are you doing? We've just won a, a cup. We've got Janino. He's playing great off a front man, but he, he knew that we couldn't get any further with that team that we'd won the competition with before. And obviously, we were massively upgraded. But I don't mind the away one. It's very much in the Kappa style, isn't it? From those... It's nothing wrong with it, yeah, but you, yeah. you've got a few pounds on you. It's definitely yeah, I know, yeah. not what it would wear. Yeah, a couple of sizes. Um, Following you we, is, you know, 05, 06. People skim over the fact that in the league, my word, we were so inconsistent from the year before. Awful. We were, we were playing a lot awful. of games. At one point, I think that season was the record number of games ever played by an English team, if I remember rightly. And I think Fulham broke yes. the record when they... Uh, when they got to the final in uh, like 2010 or nine or ten, maybe I think we, we played could, over 50 matches. I think we played 59. 50. I think we played 59 games that year because yeah. we got to the semi-finals of the FA Cup as well, didn't we? We did, yeah. And that was back. And that was in shocking. God. So, yeah. Look at this, this year. This is this is home shirt again. Was a great take. Yeah. Take forward, great design, um, different. You look back and you can't remember. It took off the 97, 98 shirt, but went a little bit different. And I thought it was excellent. The way shirt was, well, it's all right. It was like wearing a sandwich bag, wasn't it, really? Yes. Didn't, didn't feel that. all right, but... Cut wasn't great. Material wasn't great. But what I want, what I want to talk about, what this season's shirt, I want you to give us a bit of info about the Basel shirts. <laughs> yes, so um, Basel obviously wore that shade of blue and a shade of red, and a dark shade of, shade of red for their home shirt. So we had to have a, a kit to wear away at Basel. So some kits were produced. I believe there was three sets produced um, for all the players to use in Basel. Um, we, we saw very few of them for now on 16, 15 years until lockdown when uh, a certain ex-borough collector or current borough collector who was very famous in the borough scene um, said that he had quite a lot of them and uh, all of a sudden full set started appeared and all the collectors managed to get themselves a white pretty much a white every template shirt with a badge plonked in um, it looked very similar to the keeper shirt of that year um, but just plain white and it's 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 a standout shirt for every every reason. It should have really been the away shirt if you look back on it. What's your thoughts, Rob? Yeah, it's such a such a strange thing, isn't it, to have a, a shirt produced so late in the season? But we, we just purely didn't know that we would need another shirt because we didn't know who would be playing in cup competitions, etc. And it does happen from time to time in in the modern age, doesn't it? But credit to Area for getting it done so quickly. They use one of the templates. Now, Stu was saying the collar design is very similar to the away shirt and the goalkeeper shirts as well. And obviously most companies have got team wear, which you can just buy in Sports Direct off the shelf, 15 quid or 20 quid. You can put your own badge on or whatever if you want to, but that's a lot of clubs get template wear or team wear from, from sponsors. But this is a shirt where the design doesn't really matter. It's the memory and the moment that is really attached to this kit. And as Stu says, the fact that someone was so generous to open up their collection for people to see and for people to get the chance to own one of these shirts, I think is absolutely brilliant. There's a lot of great collectors out there who've got some great shirts. You'll know they are. Borough Shirt Museum's come up recently in the last sort of year or so, and they've got a massive set of shirts. 
There's loads of people out there who've helped the club with those um, Hummel remakes that they released at the club shop. That was from fan involvement. So credit to the club for getting involved with that. People like Stu, other people out there who you see tweeting about football kits and football yeah. kits in the borough. It's great to have a really open scene where you can share stuff and talk about stuff. And I think that's, it's great to look back, isn't it, Stu, on some of these kits and some of these shirts where we think, do you know what? Certainly. They were pretty good around that time and we really enjoyed the period. But seeing people who've got match-worn versions, for, for me, who's someone who just collects the, the replica versions just so I can wear to play football, seeing all these collectors coming out with match-worn shirts is great. But after that 06 season, the Basel shirts, getting to the UEFA Cup final, for me... We moved to Gareth Southgate, didn't we, Rob? Yeah. And um, I just want to have a quick shout-out for the Borough Shirt Museum and, and Matt and Jamie. Um, they've got a, a McLaren era um, display coming at the last home game against Stoke based at base camp. So I just want to give a shout out for them. Get yourself along, get yourself having a look. Um, and I'm sure they'll uh, be good hosts for you. Yeah, definitely. And, and some of the shirts that Mark and Jamie have got and they've, they've collected over, or not just over lockdown, because to be honest, most of the collectors out there have been collecting since before lockdown as well. But get yourself to that McLaren one. We'll share the details on Borough Mag and get yourself uh, following them because you'll find out loads of great details. But the, after the McLaren era, so from in the South yeah. era, for me, we get a little bit, a little bit samey. So I want to talk about the three home shirts as a bit of a collection. So the 0607 one, not, it's, you know, for me, it's as standard a Borough shirt as it could be. 0708 is basically the 0203 home shirt. Again, but with a different spot. Yeah. And then the 0809, they tried to put a little flick in the band, which just reminds me of Alfonso Alves missing the goal. <laughs> time again, to be honest. But with the away shirt, Stu, we had a, one with a blue band, we had one with a bit of random gold, and we had another Inter Milan one. Out of those away ones, what are you going to pick as a, as a good one out of those three, if you can? Probably the one with the blue band on, because it took the band to a different design, yeah. a different colour scheme. Yeah. Uh, the quality of these kits were 06 to 09 was horrific. Um, again, the material just disintegrates. So for me, uh, the only real standout one I can pick is that white one with the blue band on. It was Woodgate's debut against Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, is memorable for that, that one. Um, there's not a lot to say about Oh, the, the no. rest really is no, maybe he's the um, big win against Man City at mm. the end of the season in that shirt in the 08 or 09 shirt that we actually wore on the last day against Man City the prior season yeah. memorable for that but you are clutching at straws towards the end of this era and I would urge that if, if we are getting an era back in any near future please stay away from these designs please yeah I think what I would say about that period this is where You've got a perfect match of the team not quite performing as we want it to on the pitch and kits that aren't really doing anything for us either. So it's a bit of a bit of a difficult one, this one, because there's not a lot really that was going well for these kids. I do think I quite like the Inter Milan away because they tried to do something a little bit different. It's kind of stolen the total 90s. Um, Template that Nike did where they had a pattern just in the centre of the shirt and different panels at the side. So, again, a little bit of influence there from other manufacturers. But what would you, if you had to rank area out of 10, Stu, over all that period of time, so from 1994, 
all the way through to 2009. So quite a big chunk of time, really. Quite a big chunk of time. What would you give him out of yeah. time? Probably, I'd, I'd split it, split it categories because the great thing about having a, a manufacturer like this is you get bespoke designs yeah. every single season. Whether they're good, bad or indifferent, you're getting something that's tailored to your club. But in terms of designs, I would probably say a seven or an eight Yeah, um, across the whole of the period. Quality-wise, then it really is in the middle of five quality. Yeah. Because you had some years where they were impossible to, to like and other years where, especially, I would say the middle period of our reign with them, the quality was all right. The beginning yeah. and the middle. Mm. Um, but then it just started to get worse. So I hope the quality has improved. Yeah, I think I think if if and when they do come back, I think the quality will be very different to what we used to, Warner, I think compared to what we've had. Um would you be sad to see Hummel go, Stu? Not, not after the way that um, we think that the Trek Borough for the last two seasons they've got they've got some bigger contracts in Everton and Southampton that have obviously taken the shine off us being their major contract in England, and I think that's what's possibly brought the demise of that contract. Yeah, and I think probably the club wanting maybe something like you say, Stu, that's a little bit more bespoke, could be one of the reasons why um, we want to change really and, and move away from Hummel. Who credit to Hummel, they've come back and they've made a name for themselves. They've got some bigger contracts and bigger brands. They've also got signed a few low league contracts as well. I I thought Hummel would deliver a little bit more for us. I think unfortunately he's been fine. Yeah, I think unfortunately for Hummel, it's a little bit like Chris Wilder's last four games, isn't it? We're recording this on the morning of the Swansea game, actually. It's a little bit like yes. Wilder's last four games, isn't it? When all the Burnley yeah. rumours started, he was the worst manager in the world. He was arrogant. We don't want him in our club. Get him out. Forgetting all the stuff that had gone before. And I think Hummel will leave that impression on Borough fans. These two shirts we've got this season, the home shirt is an absolute disaster. Nobody will convince me otherwise that that kit is not an absolute disaster. The away shirt has got better if you own the shirt, wear it, and it looks quite good on the pitch. I actually do think the away shirt, the away shirt could have been better, don't get me wrong, but it is, it's much better than the home shirt in that sense. But I think that's, unfortunately, Hummel's legacy will be, ultimately, they've disappointed by the end, unfortunately. We had such a great start with that home shirt, didn't we, yeah. launch at the beginning? Yeah. Um, and having such a bespoke cut. Um, yeah. and, and as you can see, well, the, the listeners won't be able to, but the foundation shirt for me was by far the best. Um, yeah, I agree. I think that'll definitely be a great shirt as well. That foundation one with the uh, with the with the Riverside stanchion design on it. I think that looks great. But I've got to put you on the spot now, Stu. Yes. I asked you before the pod. You need to come up with your top five area shirts. Now, it doesn't have to be any order. It can be a home shirt, away shirt a special shirt, a goalkeeper shirt, but it just has to be from the reign of area. So go for it. You're tough. Tell you what we'll do. Yeah, yeah, I've got them in order anyway, so I'll give yeah. you my order anyway. Yeah, go on then. Um, my top one is 0405, which is when we signed for Duker and Hasselbank. Yeah. Then the second one is 96, 97. Right. Um, home. And then I will go off. This, these are my homes, top five. Right. I've done home, top five, and away top five, and there. Uh, the third is 0506. 
fourth is 97, 98, and fifth was the first, first shirt. Right, okay. So that's your top five. What was your top five away ones then? Um, 95, 96. Yeah. 94, 95, second. Yeah. 99, 2000 is third. All right, yeah. White and purple. 96, 97 is fourth. And uh, 2000, 2001 is my fifth. 2000, 2001 is your fifth. Right. So I stuck by the rules and just did a top five, but I'll let you have 10, Stu, because I like <laughs> you. <laughs> so I went for, I actually went for all 90s with all of mine. Because there are some good ones in the uh, in that period, but I just can't get away from those. So I'd say 94, 95, home and away are in my top five. Um, the yeah. 90s, 97, 98 home shirt is there as well. Mm-hmm. The 96, 97 goalkeeper shirt, the blue and yellow crazy Adidas Predator ripoff is in there. Yeah. Now, they aren't in order, but my top, top one is obviously, if anyone's following me on Twitter yeah. at all at any point, is the 95, 96 away. Because I just think as a shirt on its own, unbelievable. But as a full kit, it just can't be beaten. Perfect. We, the Nike socks we stole from Nike. Uh, sorry, the socks we stole from Nike because they started doing hoops with Arsenal, I think, on one of their lightning kits. We had brilliant shorts. The Borough shirt, uh, Borough badge, sorry, and the transport material in the shirt was great. The colours, Bambi, Fjord, Hignett. Looking like we were going to be a, a really good top six team was just, you can't beat the shirt in the moment, so that one for me. No. So, yeah. I would probably stick with the, if I was just doing top five, I'll stick with the home shirts probably there. Yeah. We'll go and keep yeah. that in. Yeah, definitely. I don't want to cheat. I always add more to it. But, yeah, it's been great catching up on this, and let's hope to see what we get. In the yeah, well, months. that's the thing, because we have we didn't even talk about sort of training wear and bench wear that we had, because we had some absolute blinders from that and I know if you go to uh, like Stu was saying if you go to any of the Borough Shirt Museum exhibitions at Borough Base Camp they've got lots of the training wear and stuff and there's all sorts of people out there on Twitter and Facebook who've got loads of the training gear that looks great as well so check out that if you can but let's see what happens with area if we do get an announcement in the coming weeks hopefully we'll get a few more listeners on the podcast but thank you all for tuning in thanks a lot Stu for being a guest as well but if you do like the Borough Mag podcast remember to like, share, rate and review. Tell your Borough fan friends. You can always listen to it before you come to the game. We will be back weekly now for the next sort of couple of months with a few different guests and a few different subjects. But again, thanks a lot for listening and we'll see you again soon. Cheers, Rob.